Hello? Test, test. It's still only one here. What the Did I get the mono one? Oh, I bet you I did. Yeah, we don't use... Test, the, test. Yeah, we don't use... We don't use one. plug three. Don't use plug three. Plug three. You don't, I just had flashbacks. You don't remember this. Oh, I don't? Oh, De La Soul? You remember them? You don't remember them. See? You don't remember this. I know Del Taco. No. And I know the Del no. Soul by Honda. There was, there was a band called De La Soul. And they released a, uh, a album called Three Feet High and Rising. It had to be in like 90-something, mid-90s, early 90s. And uh, instead of going by like names, they had nicknames and everything like rappers always do. It was a hip-hop group. But uh, right, they were Plug One, Plug Two, and Plug Three. And that was what they called each other on, on, the, on their raps. And that's when you said Plug Three, that's immediately flashback to... Uh, De La Soul in the 90s. Cool story. Tell us again. <sighs> Tell you what again? Yeah. So don't use plug three. <laughs> yeah. Don't use plug three. Gotcha. That's what happens when people buy stuff. You know what? You know who De La Soul is. I just remembered. They were on the latest Gorillas. You know who they are, right? Uh huh. Hit. You remember them? You remember that one? No. Okay. So do you want to talk about guns, or do you want to talk about your old... Let's talk about old school rap. What can you we, used to drive around. Do we have to do a gun podcast? <laughs> we Ooh, we can, we talk about, can we talk about my Bronco? I used to drive around in my Bronco. Yeah? Yeah. Did it have a, a uh, bus steering wheel, is the way no. you just did that? Because, I mean... No, no, it had a nice like steering wheel. No. Four, four feet across from each other as you're, no, no, you were no, faking no, no, driving no. it. It was, uh, it was nice. So we want to start off with the news or, yeah, or the listener question first we can today. Do news. What do we got? Uh, Nick's checks are going down slightly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was really loud. Well, it had to happen sooner or later, but the growth seems to be coming. The explosive growth? 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 The explosive, gro- the explosive growth. Wow, everybody. We've seen in the firearms industry is starting to slow. And the reason we know that is uh, the NSSF, who tracks such things for us, uh, is reporting that NICS checks, the background check, uh, the instant background check system that the FBI runs for firearms purchases, uh, is recording 2.5% less checks this month than the same month last year. Now, this is after I don't know how many months straight of growth. I want to say it was 30-something months straight of growth. Anywho, so we've seen explosive growth that we're all very well aware of, especially if we're trying to buy ammunition. And, well, uh, here's the, maybe, maybe the amount of guns people are purchasing at one time uh-huh. is higher. Because a NICS check be. is only for yeah, a call-in yeah. in general. You can Basically. buy a few rifles or handguns right. at all Yeah, at one you time. have to remember this isn't a perfect definition of guns sold because you could buy multiple guns, like you said. You could buy um, – you could you get a NICS check when you go to get things like a, a concealed carry license in some states. And then there are lots of states where with a concealed carry license, you don't have to get a NICS check. You can just pick up a firearm. Right, like in Texas, if you've got a, exactly. a CHL, you can just show them your CHL and they don't call yep. it in. So, yep. So, uh, so yeah. So very interesting uh, news. Uh, but I don't think that's gonna. Put I don't more think we're gonna see a out there huge slowdown. I think we're gonna see it slowly replenishing in itself. Um, the 
the industry is starting to catch up on their backlogs. We talked about Ruger's backlogs. Yeah, what was it? 5.7 yep, yep, million yep. or something? Oh, we, 576 million, I'm sorry. Yep, we talked about them. Uh, so I think they're slowly going to catch up. I think it's going to be you know another year to uh, at the worst and several more months at the best before we see the, the shelves full again. Um, so uh, that's that's both a good thing and a bad thing, right? So is it too late for anyone, like we talked about with that executive order, is it too late for anyone to go ahead and get a Garand through the CMP? No, they still have them. Okay, no, so, no, no. So if you want a Garand, please go go to odcmp.gov. Just Google ODCMP. <laughs> or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, and Scott's going to post that. Link on yeah, there. I'll post a link to the ODCMP rifle sales. You can go there and get you a grand, and uh, and definitely get one of those. Um, they're probably going to dry up, like we said uh, here real soon. It's it's been pretty dry on the grands in the past, anyways. But I think uh, this this presidential decree is going to hurt us. Well, now there's a, a petition going around, um, which yes, one of our listeners he, sent he us that. Sent us that. Uh, it's got about ten thousand signatures. They're looking for a hundred thousand. Um, but I believe Nick was the one who sent that in. Yeah, and I do appreciate it. Um, however, I remain dubious as to even if the petition successful in gathering the number of signatures that they want, I remain dubious that it would have any effect on our system, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm concerned that it's it's more of just one of those um, – I'm sorry, uh, Zach sent that in. Oh, hey, mad cushy props to Zach. Virtual high five. All right. What were you so, concerned about? Um, <laughs> the same concern that you had that it, that nothing's really going to come from it. Yeah. Um, that it's, it's just it's almost more of a, a feel good or a lashback yeah, or a yeah, propaganda yeah. that allow, the White House allows to happen, but nothing's really going to change from it. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think if these uh, if this petition or any petition got you know two million or ten million signatures. Yeah. They would definitely do something because it's all about you know at that point it's like a a popularity poll and it's all about the polls in politics. So yeah, but but I don't think we're going to get enough uh, signatures to but, to move the needle, so to speak. Yeah, because what what are they going to say? That, oh look, a hundred thousand people out of a few million. Yeah. Now do it if you feel. Oh yeah, the definitely need sign it. I'm going to sign it. Go sign it. Um, yeah, I'm already on a list. Yeah, Might put, as well your, go put sign your it. name on that government <laughs> list. No, uh, but go ahead and sign it. And uh, the NSA already knows what you're thinking. You might as well go sign up. Yeah, everyone, everyone that is an NRA member should already just kind of be automatically put on that list. Yeah, you might as well just yeah, slap your name on that yeah, petition. They've really. they've already got everything. So speaking of the ODCMP and the grands and things oh, I like thought you were going to talk about slapping petitions, but go ahead. We could talk about that. I thought you wanted to do a no. podcast. So about okay. the CMPs. So uh, at the we neglected to talk about uh, the National Firearms Act portion of the announcement. The same announcement, uh, the same day that the the administration came out with the. Um, the Lend Lease Guns cutoff, uh, being cut off announcement. Uh, they also put out an announcement that the that the um, the National Firearms Act rules uh, for owning and for procuring and for transferring uh, National Firearm Acts items such as suppressors, short barrel rifles, short barrel shotguns, and machine guns uh, were going to change. Um, now that probably better. doesn't affect yeah. no yeah for the no, better of course no, not no, don't no. be ridiculous 
Uh, at first, it was seen as a kind of a neutral change, good points, bad points, and now it's pretty much coming out that uh, it's a 62-page change of regulations. Of course, they're going to be more onerous uh, than they were before as far as uh, making it more difficult for you to own and transfer and you know enjoy uh, NFA items. Yeah, and, and for the, those of you who doesn't class know, class three is is what some people yeah, would know. Some them people as. call class three. Um, for the, and and for a majority of uh, America, I'd say they don't know that you can own a machine gun. An individual can own a machine gun. An individual can own a suppressor. Uh, um, you know, usually called a silencer. Um, an individual can own a. A uh, short barrel rifle. That's a rifle with a barrel less than 16 inches. Or and short an individual shotgun. can own all three together. The, and you could put them all together on one tax stamp, I think, if you weld them together no. or something weird. Yeah. Yes. If if it no, is. No, 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 no. You'd have to have at least two. Two. You'd two have to have two stamps. stamps. Yeah. How? Well, the machine gun has to have one and the SBR. No. You no have one. to have three. You this still the, have to have you, three. You still have to. No, you wouldn't. Not if you permanently attach the suppressor because you wouldn't need the SBR. That's true. And then the well, SBR only, doesn't matter. So anyway, it's way too That's only technical. if the suppressor is over, makes it a 16-inch barrel, though. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. So if you wanted to do a 14.5 no, with a then. permanently attached suppressor, then you would need a short barrel and a suppressed. No, you just yes. need the suppressor. You but wouldn't it would need be, the SBR. It, it, if it was permanently attached. Oh, you're talking 14.5 with a suppressor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd still need an SBR and a suppressor. Right. And then if it was full auto, you wouldn't need the SBR one. You'd still need a suppressor one. That's two. You're right. You always need two. Yeah. Good call. All right. For those of you following along at home, <laughs> that's two, uh, sometimes three stamps, depending on what gun you have. And attack stamps cost you two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars for each item that you purchase. Yep. So a every suppressor that you own or your friend owns is two hundred dollars. Yeah. Basically, in a, in a tax stamp on top of the cost right. of that suppressor. Basically, it's a tax upon the transfer of the item. So if you have an item, uh, let's call it uh, let's call it a silencer, right? You have a silencer for your 22, which are real popular and inexpensive. Uh, if you have this item and you want to sell it, give it away, loan it out, or you know, or you know, I, I don't know. Um, you can't really loan it. it out. Yeah, you can loan it out. It requires a transfer. Oh, okay. But you can loan it out. Sure, it's perfectly yeah. legal. Didn't they? Yeah, go as long ahead. as you transfer it. So right. So to do any of those things, you have to give the government $200. And then they give you a, a tax stamp saying you paid that $200 transfer tax, and now you can go around with your uh, your NFA item. Now, um, you know, because it's a $200 transfer tax, the way the government works this, though, is it's not just you give them $200, they give you a stamp. You fill out a whole bunch of paperwork. You... Send it all into the government, and the government takes six months to a year yeah. to go through it, and then they send you your tax stamp saying you can take possession or you can complete the transfer of the uh, the National Firearms Act item. Right. So you're you're looking at six months to a year to get any of those items. Probably in. longer now. Right now, yeah, yeah. with the weights. But uh, you part of what people, what we were talking about when you can't loan it out is you can't just go up to your friend and say here you go you can take this syringe and you can shoot it nope because that would be an illegal transfer the owner of that item is going to federal prison along with the borrower of that item is going to federal prison probably yeah it's very frowned upon now um and that's what the NFA announcement was about um to get around all that like say uh you and I Martin Wanted to go in. Uh, Don't use my real name. Havsies. <laughs> oh, I should probably quit sending reports into the. No, NSA you should you. just quit saying Havsies. But go ahead. Havsies. 
Say we wanted to go Dutch. That's not better, is it? Nope. Nope. Say we wanted to team up and pool our resources for a suppressor. Alrighty. Right? Alrighty. So you and I both put in the four hundred dollars uh, to buy an eight hundred dollars suppressor, and then and then we both put in an additional hundred dollars to pay for the tax. Well, if the suppressor is in my name, I have the tax stamp saying it was transferred to me. I cannot loan it to you, and you go out and shoot it. Not without a ta- another tax stamp, right? Right. So the way they get away with this is they create a corporation or a trust or a, a some other LLC. Um, you create what, what the government refers to as a corporate entity. And these entities can own now own these items. And the people that are attached to these entities, uh, in a trust case, it's the um, uh, oh, benefic- beneficiary, beneficiary? Yeah, yeah, whatever so. it is. A member of the trust, basically. So we make a trust. We call it uh, the Gun Show Podcast Trust. And you and I both put our names on it. And now either one of us can take it out of the safe and possess it. And the government doesn't like that. No. The government is claiming, <laughs> believe it or not, that criminals are using this trust system to get around owning NFA items. Because so many suppressed Because so many items criminals have, you know, are going through background checks and forming trusts and sending in paperwork to own machine guns and suppressors. So in other words, they're just they're just using this as another excuse to make it harder to own guns. Yeah, because they're taking all the extra money that they have from doing whatever is is that they do, either robbing or drug stealing dealing or, or whatever. drug yeah. dealing, and they're spending it on you know going through the proper channels of owning <laughs> either the the it's firearm ridiculous. they're attaching it to or the it's NFA absolutely item. ridiculous. I don't know how anybody with a straight face even pretends that that's what's going on. There are there is probably less. It's easy than... to sell to people that yeah. don't know. Sure. I mean, I, I talk to people uh, on a weekly basis. If you talk to anyone about guns, they're like, "What? You can own a suppressor?" That yeah, that's yes, one of the big things. You can. Own so a suppressor. so once you understand that you can, and once you understand that it's a pain to transfer these things, and so that a trust or a corporation is a good idea, um, you understand why people do it now. Now it's come out that they want more uh, restrictions on that. Um, it's a little vague because uh, there's 62 pages of new bureaucracy to go through. Um, and people have been weighing in on uh, you're going to need background checks for anybody who's listed on the trust, uh, which is fine. It'll just you know mean more paperwork and longer waits. And like I said, we're at the six-month to a year wait now just to get a tax stamp back. Um so, yeah, basically it's just another way for the government to regulate these things um, without actually regulating them. It's a get-around is what it is. Uh, and it falls under the Interstate Commerce Clause, which is absolutely ridiculous because if you build a suppressor in Texas and it never goes away from here, how is that interstate commerce? But the government gets away with a lot of control over a lot of things by using such things. But anyways, that was the second part of the announcement. Uh on top of the uh, the loss of the Lynn lease guns coming back. And I thought we'd talk about that for a little bit. Well, uh, now we can talk about uh, Jerry Michalik. All right. There's some videos out there. And this is the first one we want to talk about. We're going to talk about two different videos, I think. But the first one we want to talk about is there's a video out there of good old Jerry doing what's called a bill drill uh, on a target at seven, nine yards, something like that, uh, with a... <laughs> Describe what the build drill is. The build drill is basically shooting as fast as you can hit the target. And and what that does is it trains you for 
Um, follow through, recoil control, getting your sights back on target, trigger press, shooting, trigger reset. Shooting one target or multiple yeah, targets? one target. Single target. Okay, so one target in front of you, shoot. seven feet yep. away, five to ten rounds, or whatever yep. your magazine yep. can hold. Six-round build drills, nine-round build drills, ten-round build drills. Yes. That's and you time it, and you and as you as you practice this build drill, your shooting gets better. It's it's just another your way for you Your groups get shooting. tighter, and yep. your splits get shorter. Yep. And the split is the, the is the time between between the shots, the shots yes. when you pull the trigger. And yes, between there's a split between the, the first shot and the second shot, and the second shot and the third shot, etc. So there's a video out there of Jerry doing this with a 50 caliber Barrett semi-auto rifle, and it is awesome. And my favorite part about it, besides the fact that he nails all six rounds, now, he, he can, when he he goes, can only do it at yeah, the end or the. Th- that's my favorite part is the the unadulterated joy on the man, the, on his face and his voice and his yelling and his demeanor that he just just he really enjoys shooting, and he's really good at it, which is probably goes hand in hand. So, yeah, we're gonna post this video. Check it out. Uh, it's awesome. Go to our Facebook page. Uh, and check it out. Um, six rounds. I think he drops one. Um, and keep your eye. You guys should go to YouTube and subscribe to Jerry's page. Uh, you can do that through probably the link we're going to put up on our Facebook. Facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast yep. to find that link. Or head on over to thegunshowpodcast.com. And we'll post something in the blog as well. Yeah, we'll put the, a link to the blog. And you go to the YouTube page. And I suggest you subscribe to this because... That video that we all saw and you're going to see when you go to our Facebook page is just a teaser. Evidently, there was a whole day of shooting that yeah. 50 cal out there, and Jerry's shooting the 50 cal is two of some of the greatest things in the world, right? I've seen three of their teasers. Oh, really? Yeah, There's so more? I've seen two of seen the other one. ones that it, other people is haven't it good? seen. It's pretty good. Is it, uh, it's just fun. I hear he's doing. I hear he gets his build drill times faster mm-hmm. than in the video that we've all seen, and I hear that uh, he does some other shooting that's just epically cool awesome awesome yeah so that was one of the videos we want to talk about and you had one you wanted to talk about uh yeah i wanted to talk about this uh former uh, military combat at what four tours in iraq i believe uh he has done private security contracting um i don't think overseas i think it was actually local just kind of some defending you know high priority targets from here to there whatever it was he now works at a gas station and he's standing behind the counter okay this guy walks in with a cigarette in his mouth, and there's no audio to it, but the first thing that he says is, you know, put this, put the cigarette out, you know, get out of here with that cigarette. The man draws a gun. He never points it at him, but he kind of draws it and kind of begins to raise it. Yeah. The man behind the counter, the veteran, immediately puts his hand out almost over the top of the gun and draws yeah. his own gun and presses it right up to his lips. And the best oh, part of some dental work. Some yeah, dental work. Yeah. Okay, I like it. So the best part of it is, A, he doesn't pull the trigger because he never felt that he needed to. And B, just by having that firearm, he stopped a crime from happening. There was no shooting, but the uh, firearm uh, a violent prevented crime. a violent crime. Yeah. Well, that doesn't happen. No. What but, happened was, I know, well, I know what you saw in the video. He's got the gun up to the guy's lips, right? Uh-huh. You see the guy is kind of standing there, and he just kind of go looks down at it, and then backs up, and then yeah. bolts out the door. But that didn't happen. I know that's what you saw in the video, and that's yeah. what I saw in the video, and that's what we all saw in the video. Yeah. And we're going to see on the video if you go to it our was Facebook probably page. Probably photoshopped. What really happened was the robber took his gun away and shot him with it. Ah. Uh. Because they tell you if you if you get on there, 
the Brady Bunch will tell you that you're what ten, four times more likely, ten times more, likely, nine times more likely Something. to get shot with your own gun than defend yourself with it. Something Is along that those it? lines. Yeah, that's the video. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to watch this, and I'm going to see what you guys saw, and then I'm going to tell you what really happened. No. Um, <laughs> oh, so this guy doesn't even get his gun up before he gets a pistol in his face. No, and he's got it right there in his and face. And the guy decided, I'm going to go now. Yeah, he goes, this is a bad decision, and I'm out of here. That was beautiful. It is. And and it's actually it's kind of amazing. You almost see him as he blocks it, and he yeah. kind of puts his hand on his pistol. It's almost like he's deciding what he wants yeah. to do. But that draw from that holster just, is wham! Right there? Right up into the guy's face. Now, this is a perfect example of why you may not need to shoot somebody. It, don't get me wrong. This guy deserves shooting, right? You come in the store, you pull out a gun, you deserve shooting. He said the only reason he didn't shoot him yeah. was because the barrel was never pointed. The other guy's oh, gun the other was guy's never gun. pointed at yeah. him. Yeah. He goes, had it been pointed at me, I would have killed him. Yeah. And it would have made a mess of the... Uh, the, the chips the, behind the, him. The chips behind him. The, the Doritos. Yeah, the Doritos. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to mess up the Doritos. Sunfla- no, you don't want to mess the sunflowers. You can't wash them stuff off those don't do that the little 50 cent but, sunflower pack yeah great video uh we all enjoy seeing a bad guy get his comeuppance and we all enjoy seeing a good guy uh prevail and uh i'm just real happy now here's the question is this guy's life more in danger because he's working in wherever this crappy gas station is versus his four tours versus in iraq. his four tours in iraq under the auspices uh, of a war? I don't know. I don't know either. That's you a good question. Know. I'd like to ask him that, wouldn't you? Well, wasn't there some statistic that came out and said that you're more likely to die in a car crash than being deployed overseas? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, so, if, you, I if mean, you look at the number of troops deployed versus the American people as a percentage, yeah. Yeah. And being in the military, the number of people killed uh, in any war at any point in time uh, unless we go all the way back to the Civil War, you're more likely to get killed in a plane wreck or a car wreck on the way to work or, you know, you know, in some freak accident on your way to deploy <laughs> than you are right. once you're deployed. Right. And, I mean, when I was overseas uh, during times of peace, we would have lots of deaths due to accidents. And I, I say lots. I say we would have deaths due to accidents. People get run over with forklifts and roll their cars and have, you know, traffic accidents and, you know, the standard normal stuff. So, yeah, that still happens even in wartime. So, yeah, you're way more likely, less likely to get shot than you are to get, you know, backed over by some idiot in a dump truck. (laughs) Not paying attention. Not paying attention. And uh, you probably, I'd say that working at a gas station is probably one of the most dangerous jobs in America. You know, this side of a cop or a firefighter or something, right? Why are they out there saying they want higher wages? <laughs> because they're not paying them anything. Because they'll fire them and get another guy. Yeah. I mean, really, it's, it's unskilled labor, I guess. You'd Who think, knows? Yeah, you'd think, yeah, that's interesting. Anyways, that was a, that was a good video. Like, so like, like maybe requesting body armor yeah. as part of it. No, no. Body armor is expensive. That guy only makes minimum wage. No, no, no. The company has to provide it. No, no. Yeah. It's way too expensive. Yeah, then our gas prices might go up. But what if the body armor didn't work? See, now they could be sued. Yeah, you're not thinking corporately. What if he shot you in the face? <laughs> exactly. Well, that was a risk we were willing to take. <laughs> uh, good old Dumb and Dumber reference to save the day. I wouldn't say good, but yes, it was a reference. <laughs> What do you got next? Um, I think we're kind of done with the news for the day, but we do have uh, a listener named Joey who sent in... Just the one? We well, have two listeners named Joey, don't we? 
You know what though? I only like the one. Whoa. I like No, yeah, seriously. Yeah. I love all our Joeys. Oh, Scott. Hey, mad cushy props to the Joey that sent in the question. Yes. So. And a virtual high five. Yeah. There we go. All right. And, uh, you know, love to all the Joeys out there listening. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No, no. I'm sorry. Wait. What Before happened? Before we start that. What? Um, what happened? ATK was purchasing Bushnell. Oh, we talked about that. We yeah, talked we about there were that. talks. Yeah. And uh, what was it a couple weeks ago? A couple, yeah, three maybe weeks two, ago, yeah, right? Yeah, maybe two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Well, so it's we- official. Yeah, official. Uh, ATK purchased Bushnell for something like nine hundred million, eight hundred million dollars, nine hundred yeah. some odd million dollars, which doesn't seem like a lot. Nine hundred and eighty-five yeah. million cash. Cash. Well, yeah. Cash money. What I don't understand is the things you don't understand. Exactly. Those are the things you never understand. But Bushnell's a six hundred million dollar a year company, and yet they were purchased for nine hundred million dollars. I'm a little confused by that. Obviously, there was some debt in there or something. I don't understand how that works. Uh, debt, uh, future military contracts, other th- other buyouts that had to be paid forward. Yeah, because had if to be, they right? have if they have 300 million in backlog, something like that. Yeah, you've got to purchase all that backlog too. That's true. Because they're carrying that debt until it's paid off. And it has to, yeah. But if a company's making you know 600 million dollars of revenue a year, they're worth at least you know two billion dollars, give or take. I don't know. Maybe in today's market, that's all you get is, you know, 1.5 times revenue. I don't know. That's very interesting. Uh, I mean, maybe and their profit have, margins may not be that big. Right. Who maybe, knows? Maybe they have – exactly. The profit margins, maybe they have uh, the correct kind of machinery. Maybe they have a location that ATK wants. Well, ATK I mean, is really expanding their sporting arm, and I'm uh, I'm glad to see it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, they'll bring something new. We'll see some new stuff from Uncle Mike's and the like. Uh, hopefully, they'll bring some of their – the things that ATK can do uh, to the industry. Hopefully they can uh, take advantage of this purchase and offer us uh, as consumers some cool new stuff. Well, like you uh, said, like, if they're only worth you're only worth $500, $600 million, they yeah. paid nine eighty five. Maybe they're going to charge more <laughs> for everything. Well, when, when they bought – when ATK uh, rolled up Eagle and Blackhawk – we saw some of the Eagle designs being sold on the Blackhawk brand for a less expensive price. And so there was definitely benefit to that for, as far as the consumer is concerned. And uh, I, it, with Blackhawk and Uncle Mike's under one roof, I imagine we're going to see a huge expansion of the Blackhawk sport line. Mm-hmm. Um, and they won't have that uh, – that, uh, the fact that they're competing against each other for the same product lines. Right. So, anyway, we just uh, wanted to make sure everyone knew that that acquisition did go through. Uh, yep. And to kind of see where, where the industry takes it. Uh, but to our question from Joey. Who's Joey? Oh. Yes. Yes, Joey. Um, Back to Joey. He brings up a very valid point about mil spec and commercial items especially when oh, referencing yeah, ar-15s yeah. he had some questions about lowers and he had questions about specific lowers and um you know my advice to him was uh, most lowers I read your are advice the same. to him it was good it was advice bad it was great advice eh. hey i do this for a living buddy the I'm only reason great advice the only reason it was great advice is because you could actually read it because it was written in english i do a pretty good job yeah of writing in english yeah. The um, but I was telling him the the as far as lowers are concerned for AR-15s, they're all about the same. There are some 
you know, other things. We've talked about the polymer lowers here. Right. Uh, we've talked about, you know, some, there's some weird out-of-spec ones that I would say stay away from. But even the, the manufacturers who manufacture good lowers have lemons come out. And even some of the high-end guys have lemons out there that require some. But 99% of the time, you can send that back to the manufacturer. He'll fix his problem, and you'll get a good lower out of it. So I wouldn't worry about what brand to buy when purchasing a lower. Buy the one you like. Yeah, buy the one you like, the one you can afford, and yeah. allows you to put a decent optic on the top. Don't don't go out spend you know. I don't 15, think lowers matter as far as optics. Well, in the grand scheme of things, if you're going to spend three hundred, four hundred dollars on a lower, yeah. you know, only buy a hundred dollar lower, which is pretty much just as good. It just doesn't have this fancy little flare on it here or there. Or so yeah, the spend the extra money on ammo. Guard. Yeah, spend the extra money on ammo or better sights or something. Yeah, it's, it sure. really it's really sad when you see a two thousand dollar custom built rifle with. You know, a $100 red dot on the top of it or something along those lines. Which we see a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. you see a lot of that. Yeah, spend um, your money on your AR-15, spend your money on your barrel, and spend your money on your bolt carrier group. Yes. And the rest of it you can kind of waffle on, right. but that's the way to go. And like you said, sights. Uh, if you're going to run an optic, uh, spend a little money on your optic. All right, so let's really break down uh, mil spec and commercial. Let's only reference right now yeah. where it really comes into play in today's lingo, yeah. the AR-15. In an AR-15, uh, the term mil spec is thrown out a lot. I mean a lot. And there's 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 like multiple definitions of it depending on who's doing the defining. But technically, the mil spec is the military standard by which a, a, a an M16 is made. Now, none of the guns you and I can go and buy uh, unless we do a tax stamp, like we talked about earlier. None of the guns you and I can go and buy are M16s. So none of the guns you and I can go buy are mil-spec, all right, technically. Now, everything but the full auto features or the shorter barrel, like in the case of an M4, it's a 14.5-inch barrel. So everything but those features can be mil spec. Like you can have the same barrel that's a 16 inch that otherwise meets all the military specifications for an M4. And same bolt carrier group. Same uh, everything it's else. Just missing except the, auto for the, sear. the auto sear hole and the, the shortened the, barrel. Yeah, the shorter barrel. Okay. So now the way that's defined is called the technical data package. The, the guns are built uh, to a technical data package, and only a few companies have access to that technical data package. Well, nowadays, we all pretty much have figured out what's in that technical data package. And so if you build your gun to that standard that's in that technical data package, or the TDP, so if you build your guns to the standard that's in the TDP, you have a mil-spec gun, Colt. The Colt 6920 is the ubiquitous mil-spec gun. It's built to the technical data package. It has all the same features, all the same qualities as the same gun that they sell to the United States government. Uh, barrel's a little longer, doesn't have full auto. Okay. Um, but then there is everybody else who doesn't build their guns to that technical data package or who builds it beyond that. Now, there are several instances of that, like a Noveski. A Noveski has a barrel that's, you know, arguably better than the one specified by the technical data package. So the Noveski's not mil-spec, but it's probably better than mil-spec. Uh, Daniel Defense. Daniel Defense Guns comes with a cold hammer-forged barrel. So it is better than 
uh, subjectively, the the mil spec. But otherwise, it's built to the technical data package. It's a really nice gun. So you have your guns like that. Uh, Bravo Company is another one who does that. They have some hammer-forged guns, which are better, and some non-hammer-forged guns, which are built to the mil spec technical data package. Okay. LaRue's another one. LaRue's are way beyond. They're not even close. They're not even built to the technical data package because they've got so many modifications to them. So you could argue it's better than the technical data package, but one could argue maybe it's not I as good. I thought we were arguing better. You started listing as far as reliability. Ones that were better. Well, so. the LaRue may not be as reliable as a Colt 6920. I don't know. I've been hearing some things. Uh, they don't ship enough rifles for us to judge them, honestly. Um, so uh, I'll yeah, the refrain from list it. Is pretty long. Yeah, it's like a, it's like you know. But what you've read on the internet? From what I read on the internet, so I've I've heard some things and seen some things. It's a really quality rifle. I'll give it that. And I I'd love, love their to try mounts one. and their mounts. They, cool. And they, they make good stuff. But uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see how their gun goes once I get enough. Maybe out they there. should send us one, and we if can. If they send us one, I will run it through its paces, and I will I will form an opinion, and I will <laughs> give it to you at that point. At that point, but. Uh, and then there are the other people. You got the Bushmasters, the Wyndhams, the DPMS, the you know uh, uh, I can't think of another one. They don't build their guns to that technical data package. They cut some corners and do some little less expensive things. Well, uh, also, and one they of the... pass those savings on to the customers. That's why their guns don't cost as much as, a, say, a Colt sixty nine twenty or a BCM or a Noveski. One thing that I want to talk about though is. When you talk about your technical data package, sure, okay, that's just basically ones and zeros that goes into a CAD system that cuts some it out some of it to some degree. Some of it is but, specifications on coatings, on okay, yeah, but the temperature coatings, heat treatings, but I'm talking about the, the exact sizes, use, where things are cut, and how things like all the those things, yes. rails, yeah, yeah. all that. Part of that is in there. Part sure. of that is in there. So one of the things that you'll notice is that the cheaper ones may be slightly out of spec because yeah. they don't seem to change out their bits as often, and these yeah, bits wear down as they they cut. You know. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these rail systems. Right. Well, those bits get worn down just like, you know, the aluminum that they're right. cutting. And a lot of times you find out that those companies aren't changing them as often. And yeah, I'd have to say. Now you can get lemons. again. Those are cost savings. Yes, and they and they and you pass have those the tolerances, yes. but those tolerances aren't always going to. They're not going to keep you in that mil spec right. range when they allow it to run. Its and course. then there are the flat out. This doesn't meet mil spec. It's not meant to meet mil spec. It's meant to be for the commercial consumer. Like uh, barrel twist rates is an excellent example of this. A lot of the guns out there have a 1 in 9 twist rate. Uh, the mil spec is a 1 in 7 twist rate. And this has to do with what uh, size bullets you can shoot, uh, which kind of corresponds you, when he says with weight. Size, he, yeah, he means like the well, weight. Well, it's actually the length, but the it length corresponds the to the weight. But it's not the, it's not, when you say size of bullets, most people think. Oh, it has think nothing to do with the, the diameter. diameter. It's the length. It's the right? length yeah. of it. So. Boat tail instead of a yes, flat point. Yes. But if if DPMS makes a gun that has a one in nine twist rate, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not saying it's not as good as a mil spec gun just because of the twist rate. It just right. has a different twist rate. Right. And the same thing could be said for stocks and uh, grips okay, and but, triggers. But stocks, especially one thing that that's going to get a lot of people when they yes. purchase their rifles, the stu- the extension, the tube. Yeah, the buff, the receiver extension, uh, commonly called the buffer tube. Right. Yeah, there are they, two different diameters for some reason. Two different diameters, yeah. and when you're like, if you're purchasing from Magpul and you're looking at getting a new stock from them, yes. it'll ask you which do you have? Do you have the commercial, commercial or, or do you have the mil spec? And 
The way you do that is you measure it. Right. And it used to mean there was a difference in quality. It used to mean. But nowadays, what has happened with the industry is there's so many people making so many different receiver extensions or buffer tubes that the quality probably has absolutely nothing to do with whether it's commercial or mill spec. The quality is more of who made the tube and what they make it out of. Yeah, I've I've experienced a, a bad tube. Oh, I, had, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, I had a rifle, and um, I was standing there, and I was talking to somebody, and I was kind of just like leaning up against it. You know, I had it kind of braced up against uh, between me yeah. and the desk, and I was just leaning up, kind of press, putting some pressure on it, and all of a sudden I kind of felt it go a little bit further than it should, and I looked down, and the <laughs> it was bent. Yep. You know, it took about 15, yep. 25 degrees. That has nothing um, to do with whether it was commercial or mail spec. That has to do with whether of metal. it was what, yeah, what aluminum it was made out of, how it was heat treated, how it was cut. And I've experienced a bad receiver extension buffer tube recently that was named Brand, ordered from a reputable company that's really famous on ARFCOM. But I went to put it on, I tightened it up, and the whole thing turned, and it destroyed its own threads. It was obviously an inferior one, like I used to see from the Chinese brands. Right. There's was, the there's the lemon, like yeah. we we're talking about. It uh, and this could have been a lemon, or it could have been just a subpar product from this this name brand company. Um, or they outsourced it, which is could have been. That's the crazy. Could thing. have run there's out because it was during days, the panic. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things are going outsourced right now, and they they're just putting their name. They were putting their name on stuff just to. Yeah. Just to say, hey, this is yep. our product and you know, mark it up at some outrageous price and sell it. So the important thing here to remember is you want to buy quality. You don't want to buy the word mill spec, if that makes sense. Don't pay extra for the word mill spec. Now pay extra for the quality. And if it's mill spec quality you, you desire, then definitely buy the mill spec. But if it's... Maybe you want a – we talked about barrel twist rates, right? We talked about 1 and 9. We talked about 1 right. and 7. Yes, we did. We haven't talked about 1 and 8. 1 and 8 is probably, uh, with today's selection of ammunition, the ideal twist rate for a general-purpose rifle, an AR-15. 1 and 8, uh, it stabilizes the light stuff, great. The 55 grain that's cheap and easy to find. And it stabilizes the 77 stuff, excellent. So it runs the gamut from 55 to 77. Uh, not a lot of people use that. But if I were to buy a quality barrel from a quality manufacturer that was a 1 and 8 twist, it wouldn't be mil spec, but it'd be probably the best barrel I could buy for my AR-15. So you have to keep that in mind when you're purchasing things. You know, a lower, uh, lots of companies call their lower mil spec, and all they're saying about that lower is that it'll take, you know, parts for an AR-15 or an M16. That's all they're saying. And they're not saying that it meets... You know this the alum, the correct aluminum the correct type three anodized finish. It's got the right thread pattern to They're take just, yeah, whatever. Exactly. They're just saying it, it's it's the holes are drilled in the right spot and it'll take the regular stuff. And so you've got to pay real close attention in today's market. And, so and buy quality. Yeah, and don't just take our word for it. Um, oh yeah, look this stuff out, man. There's so many things out there. There's so many people that I I see and I hear when one thing is said to them, all of a sudden that's it. That's the truth, and there's really no arguing yeah. with them. Or there is arguing with them because that's all you're going to do. But I tell you they're what. never going to listen to what you have to say. I would be hesitant to recommend a value brand rifle to somebody who's going to use it for uh, duty or for uh, defense of their home 
or for uh, um, you know a patrol rifle for a cop. You know, I'd really hesitate that. Now, having said that, the first rifle, second rifle I built, uh, the first rifle I built for myself, the first AR-15, was a value brand rifle on a, uh, a name brand lower, um, and that gun is awesome. It runs no matter what, never fails, never jams. Shoots I still straight. have one of those. <laughs> I still have mine. If you're referencing exactly. the same, you, no, I'm talking about my gun. You're talking about a different one. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking the about, ones we built at the same time. No, no, no. Oh, okay. This is All one right. I built years ago okay. when I first got an AR-15. Gotcha. Now it's gone through two iterations, and I have good optics on it, and I use good magazines with it. But other than that, it is a, it is from a, uh, it, I bought the, I bought a rifle kit from a value brand manufacturer. And I bought a stripped lower, and this one is a name brand. It's a Rock River lower. But I built the gun from this parts kit, and it's not quality parts. It's not it's not high-end stuff. It doesn't meet the technical data package of the mil spec. Nothing about it is mil spec. But the gun runs, and the gun has run for years. And I've put thousands of rounds through this gun with no problems. So I'm not saying that the value brands can't be good. It's just they there's less of a chance. There's more of a chance of you running into an issue with the value brands. Well, let's talk about value brands when it comes to ammunition. Ammunition? Oh, yeah. like uh, Tula like and Wolf. The ubiquitous and, Russian steel case yeah. stuff. The stuff that just is going to destroy your gun and yeah, make it yeah. make it fall apart, even though yeah. you're never probably going to fire enough rounds yeah. through it. But, the guys uh, at uh, the guys at Lucky Gunner, which is a uh, an online retailer of ammunition. They um, they hired a guy uh, Andrew Tuhoy who uh, has his own blog and does his own videos to shoot uh, a bunch of brass case out of some guns and a bunch of steel case out of some other guns and they were all AR-15s and they had uh, I think they ran four different guns four different brands and what they found was that the steel case um, the steel case had some problems running in some guns which means that if you buy, if you have an AR-15 and you go by the wolf or the Tula or or the brown bear, uh, you might have trouble. Now, so basically, if your gun will run on that ammunition, I suggest you buy it and shoot it because if it runs, shoot it. If your gun doesn't run on that stuff, you probably need to go get the brass case stuff. The PMC is good, cheap stuff. Arms Corps makes some. Or make sure you're lubing it up enough. Well, that's always make part sure of your it. gas blocks on straight. All, all all else being equal, yes. Now, uh, what what uh, what Andrew found uh, during his testing, he fired thousands upon thousands of rounds out of these guns. Was the guns firing the cheap steel case ammunition wore out the barrels quicker, all right, um, than the brass case stuff? So one could argue that you're doing more damage to your gun in the long run. You're wearing it out quicker uh, by shooting the steel case stuff through it. Um, however. The amount of the number of rounds he shot, the money he would have saved would have paid for two barrels. <laughs> right. It was so in other words, crazy. It's a wash. Like yeah. yeah, it's a wash. You can shoot good barrels. Not yeah. not like no, uh, not, not a hundred dollar barrel, no, but no, an no. expensive these are, these are like Bravo company barrel. These are good uh, quality barrels he was using uh, from a name brand manufacturer. And uh, if you want to go check out the Lucky Gunner blog, uh, by all means, go and read this stuff yourself. Uh, don't take my word for it. 
So if you want to shoot the steel case stuff, shoot the steel case stuff. If you don't feel good about it or if your gun won't run off the steel case stuff, shoot the brass case stuff. I've seen some, I've seen some odd stuff. Um, like uh, how, to, how to break your barrel in properly? Oh, don't get me started with barrel breaking. Let's not, let's not get into the barrel breaking controversy. <laughs> um, not, not today. We'll get into it no, another, no, we'll we'll definitely, another day. We'll definitely get into that on another bot podcast. But uh, – yeah, I've seen some did odd you say things out there. I, I almost did. Wow. You're gonna you're gonna edit it though, right? Yeah, no, you're not, you're not gonna edit. I was gonna it. say Alan's not here with his bot out like it normally is. <sighs> well, that's I was thinking about that. How did you know I was thinking about? that? I knew you were. It, he used to always eye. talk about that bod spray. Is it because my pants are like, off? <laughs> yeah, it's so awkward <laughs> when we're just standing here. It's like I, I figured it was because you were staring at my body. Back to guns. <laughs> the the thing about an AR-15 is you want it to be well lubed. The more lubed, the better. You really can't over lube an AR-15, right? If you no, you can't because what it does is it just it spits it out, blows it out, and smokes it off. Yeah, but you you can't over lube it to a where point it won't run. Well, maybe if you packed enough grease in it, but we're not gonna say you well, should. Yeah, do we're that. not talking about grease. Don't don't, don't pack grease. Don't put cosmoline do in it and try to run with it. <laughs> don't do that. So you really can't uh, over lube your gun. So make sure it's nice and wet. You definitely under lube it. Always run good mags. Yeah, you can definitely. And you can it. also use terrible lube that dries out quickly. Yeah, yeah. I used some just this past time when we went to. <laughs> we got some stuff in for testing, and I lubed the heck out of one of the RFBs. Oh, I forgot about that. And we pulled the trigger on it, and it. Ran a few times and then locked up pretty hard. Yeah, I forgot about and that. And once I broke it down, I was feeling it, and there was no oil on it. It had all burnt off. I've seen that before with some popular uh, Remois brand names. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would, well, that I wouldn't recommend. Let's just be honest. Well, I, I'll even talk about Remoil. I have I had a Beretta nine, or M9. Yeah. Uh, magazines rusted. My uncle's got one now. Barrels rusted. Yeah, does he? It's a, it's, yeah. it's a nice one, I'm sure. It's very well taken care of. Uh, the barrel used to rust and the magazines would rust all the time. Oh, it's rusted now. Yeah, I bet you, I bet you it is. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> It makes me sad. Anyway, um, I couldn't find out why it was rusting. Uh-huh. I mean, it was rusting as though it was dunked into water. Right. I've had that. Ha- I've had it rain on my guns. Had yes. to put them away wet because you're on the range, you know, military. I've had it rain on my M9s. Put them away wet. The barrel rusts like And you, the magazines yeah. rust. But well, you can get it all off. You can get it all off with sure, you know, yeah, oil and, yeah, and rack yeah. and a little bit of elbow grease, um, which you can pick up grease. at your local hardware store. They have that at Lowe's. Yes. Um, and so anyway, I switched from rim oil, which you know I had thought was great because it had the Teflon in it, but it uses water. As a carrier? As a carrier, which is the only way to carry Teflon. So what you're doing is you're spraying Teflon and water on your guns. So that's why I was rusting all the the time. The rust preventative comes off and it leaves Teflon, which is not a rust preventative, just a lubricant. Right. That makes perfect sense. So now all of a sudden you're rusted. Yeah. So don't well, – well, you want to use – I've used lubricants, lubricants that are great lubricants that are horrible rust preventatives. So if you have a situation like you're talking about, you want to use something that does both well. Uh, I found CLP of all things uh, that I don't usually recommend does both well. It's a very good rust preventative, and until it evaporates off, it's a very good lubricant. And FP10. I like FP10 a lot. I like yeah. FP10 a lot. I like Militech 1. I like Mobile 1. I like, you know, fill in the blank. Any synthetic-based lube is a good lube. And but if, if your it has guns are some... rusting and you're not sure why and you look over at your table Switch and you've your got rust rim oil lined across, that's yeah. probably Switch the Switch your rust preventative in that case. But so anyways, so you want to make sure your carbine's lube. You want to make sure you run good magazines. Uh, I always recommend GI spec magazines, which are the aluminum. You know, you can get them from Brownells. You can get them from other places. Uh, uh, 
you know, um, D&H Industries is a good one. Um, or, uh, you know, PMAGS is another one. Um, the I've ran Lancers with good luck. Tango Down. I've run Tango Downs with good luck. So PMAGs, though, are easy. You can get them for anywhere yeah. for like 14 bucks. Go buy some PMAGs. And if so, anyone's tried out those new HK mags. Oh, yeah. 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 Let us know. Send yeah. us a message on our Facebook. Send us one if you can. You know, or send us a magazine. That's even better. <laughs> whatever. Save me from buying I'll one. I'll send you a sticker. <laughs> I'll send you two stickers. Whatever.